Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Praise God. The book of, the book of Matthew chapter 4. I want you to join me there if you will. Very familiar passage of scripture to most. And... Um, I'm just going to ask the Lord to help us today. Amen. I feel like God has laid something on my heart, and I just need Him to help me bring it to the table, if that'll be all right. The book of Matthew, chapter 4, and verse 18. And the Bible says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway, or right away, left their nets and followed him. There is no hesitation in this. They immediately dropped what they were doing, and they began to follow the Lord. And going, from the, and going on from thence, he saw two other brethren, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother in a ship, Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them, and immediately they left the ship and their father and followed him. Not everybody will follow him, but some did. Amen. They left their father to follow him. And I want to, with the help of the Lord, I want to just speak to you today on this topic, walking with the Lord, walking with the Lord. I'm not confident in many areas of my life, or there are many areas that I'm not confident in. But I believe I know when the Lord speaks something to me. Amen. And so I don't say that boastfully. I say that very humbly. And I believe the Lord whispered something into my heart yesterday morning in prayer, and uh, I'm just depending on him right now. Amen. Lord, I love you today. <clears throat> I thank you for the hope, <clears throat> the hope of the Holy Ghost. I thank you for your word. And I just ask you today, God, to help me convey what I feel like you have spoken into my spirit. I really just need you today to help us as a church not to just listen with our ears. But I pray, God, that you will help us hear with our heart. And let the power and the presence of your word just speak something deep into our spirit. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Amen. And you can be seated. I do believe it's safe to say that we are talking about men here, at least in this passage of scripture, that were not men that were given to change. I don't, I don't think they were Johnny-come-latelys and they just followed everybody that came by with a new word. 
But I believe these men who I think the Bible and history will validate the fact that these were men who had spent their lives in this vocation of being a fisherman, which is not uncommon in that day. But I believe, and I may be overstating the obvious, but I believe this was more than a casual encounter. But I believe something supernatural, Brother Williams, very seriously. I believe that something supernatural took place on the on the shore of this Sea of Galilee. That they these men who were accustomed to making their living by fishing and these men who were accustomed to being at the very task that they were doing this very day, this was a very ordinary day in their life. But they met an unordinary man. I don't think Jesus looked unordinary. I just think something supernatural happened that was a something revelatory, if I can maybe use that word. There was something revelatory about the meeting of these men. When Jesus said, if you will follow me, I will make you fishers of men. And straightway, right away, they left their nets, followed him. And, I, and then going from thence, they see two more, James, the son of Zebedee, and, and John. And then there was Zebedee, their father, who was sitting in the boat. They were all mending nets, and Jesus spoke to them. He called them. He called them and immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. Amen. I, I'm thinking about how that the hand of God moved in a family, but not all the family responded to the voice of God. And so we see that play out day, daily and, and uh, certainly in the hour that we're living and no hour before has ever been different. And it's, and it's just kind of odd, to, it strikes me odd at least, that here is Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the creator of the ends of the earth, Three people are in a boat and two respond. Amen. And they walked away, but they walked away. Thank, thankfully, they understood the power of walking away. I believe these men were influenced by the revelation of what Jesus was speaking into their lives. They forsook their nets, which was their livelihood. They forsook their fathers, which was their family. And for some, we'll talk about it in a moment, they even forsook their original mission. Amen. They just began to walk after the Lord. Now, it would be one thing if all of these examples were just folded up in the book we call the Bible and, and we were depending upon just these words alone and that would be enough, that would be adequate. But as has already been alluded to here today, that we are where we are as a church in a literal sense, through the power of revelation. Amen. God working on both ends of an equation and pulling people together that otherwise their paths would have no reason to cross. And so I, I, I want to always evaluate what we are doing as a church. And uh, I'm not just worried about whether or not we start on time or not just worried about uh, how smoothly a service may go in and of itself but I, I want to always look at the process of what we're doing as a church and making sure that we're doing our very best and there's always room for improvement and that would just be most obvious. 
but we want to make sure that, that we have uh, the tools or the instruments or the ministries in place that can help facilitate someone's spiritual growth. We want not to just allow somebody to receive the Holy Ghost and be baptized and just go back and find a place on a pew somewhere and, and hope they weather all the storms. But we trust that we have something in place that can help people grow in the Lord and we're working on those things on a consistent basis to make sure that what we're doing, we're, are we doing enough? We're asking ourselves. And sometimes that's a, a lot more difficult than you may think because you don't want to infringe on people and things of that nature, but you also want them to have the foundation and the fundam, at least the fundamental aspect of, of this new way with God or this new journey with the Lord. But I've been, and our focus of prayer, I know we've had a focus every week of the, of the month of November, and this week we were focusing on Thanksgiving, and I certainly was focusing on Thanksgiving, but I think as a pastor, I was kind of, my scope was a little bit broader. And I just began to pray yesterday morning. I've been praying all week in this vein, and I just began to pray again yesterday morning. And I was just praying and asking the Lord to help me as a pastor and help us as a church and, and how that we could have people that come into the church and receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but how they can get something in their heart that will keep them. Amen. To keep them. And, and, and uh, I, I am not trying to negate any responsibility that we may have to teach or that we may have to train, uh, not trying to negate any of those responsibilities, but I was just praying and asking the Lord, if you'll just help us, just help me. And, and you know, sometimes the Lord has a way of just uh, shining the light on something and it just seems so apparent <laughs> and you just kind of wonder why you didn't just specifically pray this way to begin with. And, and I think I have at times in times past, but just somehow you just get caught up. I'm being transparent here. You just get caught up in what we do. And I just felt the Lord just laid upon my heart to pray and to preach this morning for us as a church to pray specifically. So this is not just an entertainment sermon, amen, but this is an instructional sermon because I believe the Lord has spoken to me to speak to you. That we need to pray specifically for the Lord to let the revelation of who he is shine in this hour and let it shine in this church in particular. Amen. Now, I believe if the Lord can speak, and I believe that he is speaking. As a matter of fact, I shared something in my office. I didn't plan to share this publicly, but I just feel prompted to do so now. But, you know, last weekend or weekend before last, we were praying for the Cooper family, Brother Ron Cooper in Hiram, Georgia, died suddenly of a heart attack on that Sunday morning. And we were just praying for the Lord to touch their family. And it has been a center of a lot of things we've been talking about in our prayer requests in the last several services. And, and uh, I, am, I have, had become friends uh, with Ronnie Cooper over the last few years. I met him when I preached Brother James Cooper's funeral a few years ago, and we have stayed in touch since then. But I am better friends with his younger brother, Daryl Cooper, who pastors in Florida. And we have been friends for a, a long, long time. And so um, 
last night I've been I've been texting back and forth with Brother Daryl Cooper. I, I know they were inundated with phone calls, and I, out of respect, I was just texting and uh, not to try to take too much of their time. But last night, I just called him to see how they were doing back home. They're getting ready, and you know, Daryl Cooper didn't just lose his brother, but in within a 24-hour period, he lost his brother-in-law as well. And so it was just a lot of moving parts going on in their life. And so I. I called Brother Daryl Cooper last night, and he shared something with me. I shared it with some of the men this morning and, uh, and the ladies that were in my office before church. And, and uh, that the night before Ronnie Cooper passed away, um, the, the, uh, one of the ministers in the church in Atlanta West in, in, where Brother Daryl John's pastors, uh, which this was a daughter work and now home missions work out of that church. And so there's the connection there. And so one of the ministers on staff there in that church, they put their son to bed, just a young boy, put him to bed. And uh, a little while later, after he had drifted off to sleep, he woke up and came down back into the living room there where his parents were. And he said, I just had a dream. I just had a bad dream. And so the dad said, well, well tell me about it. And he said, uh, they referred, the young man referred to Brother Ronnie Cooper, who was a, a larger man, as the big preacher. And Brother Daryl Johns is a little bit a small statured man, and he referred to him as the little preacher. And he said, in my dream, he said, the big preacher died and went to heaven. And so the parents began to inquire a little bit more, and he said, the big preacher was sitting in a chair, and he was all alone, but a light shone over him, and the Lord just took him to heaven. They had no idea that in less than 24 hours, Brother Ronnie Cooper would be sitting alone by himself and the Lord did just lift up his spirit and take him away from this earth to another earth. Amen. This morning I shared that and I shared that to say this, that it is proof to me that the spirit of God, the voice of God is still speaking. Amen. The, the question is, is, if I am not hearing that voice, then, then I got to ask myself why? There's so many, so much going on, so much noise and, and, and so little time that we steal away. I don't have to ask you. I know what a challenge it has been to pray these 30 minutes every day, every day, every day, every day. We think looking at it on the outside in, wow, that's going to be a piece of cake. That's absolutely nothing. But the pressing of the spirit, the pushing of the spirit to, a, to, to, prevent that, to frustrate that. Amen. And so with the spirit of God to speak to our heart today. And so um, I, 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 I am uh, challenged by that. I, I'm not suggesting that the Lord warns everybody somewhere on the earth that somebody's about to die. My point is, is that he is still speaking. And in the innocence of that child that was asleep in a dream, Amen. God revealed that to him. And if the Lord can do that out of the mouth of babes, if the Lord can do that, then I want to make myself available. Amen. For his spirit to be able to speak to me. Amen. And I want that kind of atmosphere in this church. Amen. I want that kind of atmosphere created in this church. Not so that we can come and enjoy ourselves. That's not, that's not what I'm reaching for. Amen. I'm going, we're going to make it. Amen. There are some people in here that are just so determined that if you were like John on the Isle of Patmos, that you would be faithful to the Lord and you would serve him because it's just in your heart to do it. 
And so you're going to make it if the song is on key or off key. You're going to make it if the song is on beat, off beat. You're going to make it if everything doesn't seem to gel and everything doesn't seem to flow. I mean, we have those services where it just seems like nothing, nothing. I mean, it just came off without a hitch, not a wrinkle in anything. Amen. And then we have those services where it's wrinkled from the beginning to the end. (laughs) Oh, yes, we do. Amen. We don't like to talk about that, but it's still the truth. You just can't seem to all get it engaged, but we're going to make it. We're going to live past that. We all realize, well, amen, that wasn't so hot, but Sunday's coming. Amen. Well, that didn't really work out like we thought to, but Wednesday will be here and we'll try it again. We'll get another at bat. And so we're going to make it. But I'm praying for the spirit. I believe the Lord laid this on my heart to pray again. Maybe you've prayed it before and maybe this is not anything brand new and maybe I'm the latecomer in all of this but pray that the spirit of revelation would touch the hearts of people that walk in this house, that they would not just be moved by the spirit, not just moved to repentance, not just moved to a, a decision to be baptized in Jesus' name, not just filled with the Holy Ghost, but let the power of revelation, amen, the power of revelation of the mighty God in Christ, amen, you know what? I don't think that you necessarily have to teach that for somebody to get it. I believe God can just open our eyes and we can see the Lord for who he is. I am not negating our responsibility, but I think that we ought to pray and just pull the coals of fire on the altar and say, Lord, whether they know who Job is, whether they know where Genesis is in the Bible, whether they know how many books are in the Old Testament, how many books are in the New Testament, it doesn't matter how learned or unlearned scripturally somebody may be. I'm praying for Hatchaman Apostolic Church that when people walk in the door of this building, they don't just feel warmth, they don't just feel and meet friendly people, but Lord, let the power of revelation be in this house that their eyes would be open and they would say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Hallelujah. And that they hear about baptism in Jesus' name for the remission of their sin, that it wouldn't just be something they hear with their ears, but it would be something they see in their spirit and they say, You know what? I need to do that before I go home today. I don't want one more sunset in my life until I have been baptized in his name. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. I say this kindly, but I'm afraid we drifted too far from some fundamental things. I can remember growing up, and I'm not trying to date myself or sound anything, but I can remember uh, I can remember people saying, you know what? I, I was so afraid. I was so afraid that I would die before I got baptized. Amen. I'm telling you that there have been baptismal services that happened in the middle of the night long before there was heated baptistries and long before there was an indoor baptistry. People would gather around springs in this very area with car headlights shining. You know why? Because somebody felt it burning so much in their heart. I don't want to wait till tomorrow. I don't want to wait till Wednesday night. I'm afraid to wait until next Sunday. Why? Because the light of revelation come on in their heart and they said, I I must be washed of the water. I must be cleansed by the water. I've got to do it tonight. Well, it's dead middle of the winter. Amen. And it's, it's raining outside. It don't matter to me. Amen. Just somewhere, preacher, take me down to the water hole because I got to get baptized. I got to get baptized. Why? 
It wasn't a Bible study that did that. It wasn't a flip chart that brought that. I'm not being cynical. I mean, it wasn't a life class that brought that, but it was the revelation of the power and the name of Jesus. And somebody said, I gotta move. I gotta be moved now. I gotta do something now. I've gotta do it now. Praise God. Amen, I've gotta do it now. And there has to be a willingness There has to be a willingness and there will be a willingness when the Lord speaks to forsake all. I'm not really sure. I've tried to play this out in my mind a little bit. I think it's kind of odd that peer pressure didn't come into play when we're reading the when we're reading the Matthew 4:21 account. In 22, when the Lord said, come. And those two brothers stood up and started walking away. Don't you just think, if we, I'm not trying to be silly or goofy, but don't you just think in the human aspect and the family connection of things that those brothers weren't looking at their father saying, you coming? I mean, what, what, what words exchanged there? We don't know. Eternity holds the truth of what, what the conversation may have been. Maybe somebody shrugged their shoulders. I'm comfortable right where I am. Can I tell you that not everybody in your family is going to condone what you're doing and they're not going to pat you on the back and they're not going to high five you. They may not even support you. They may not even walk with you. Amen. I'm not talking about tearing families apart, but I'm telling you today that when it comes to eternity, eternity is too long to be wrong. And we need the power of the Holy Ghost to touch us. And I'm praying. I've been praying since yesterday morning. I've been praying afresh. I've been praying anew. I want to walk up and down the aisles of this church. And I would suggest you do the same. Amen. I want to stop at every pew and lay my hands and say, Lord, amen. You've heard me tell these stories for years, but I've done this for years and pray and anoint the pews of this church and said, Lord, I don't know who's going to be sitting here, but God, let conviction get a hold of their heart. Let the power of the Holy Ghost get a hold of their heart. Amen. I'm praying for conviction to get a hold of the church again. Amen. Just let the old fashioned conviction get a hold of the church again. If we're not praying, we ought to be convicted about that. If we're not fasting, we ought to be convicted about that. If we're not faithful to the house of God, then we ought to be convicted about that. Amen. If we're not faithful to reading his word, the church ought to be convicted about that. And I say, Lord, convict us. And I'll say it again. If we don't have conviction, we can't expect sinners to have conviction so I say Lord let this be a house where when people walk in they feel an urgency of electricity in the air amen that is not conjured up through the music not conjured up through the singing not conjured up through personality it's not conjured up through through men or power amen but it is the power of the Holy Ghost it is revelation in our midst let your light so shine oh God let it so shine let it so shine. Very fundamental passage is a scripture I bring to you today. Acts one and nine, Acts nine and one rather. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way whether they were men or women, 
he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. He was on a mission. Amen. You can curse, you can curse Saul all you want to, but he thought he was doing the right thing. I know, I know he had blood all over his hands, blood all over his clothes. He had blood all over his soul, the blood of innocent people, but he thought he was doing the right thing. He got letters, amen. He sought letters to go to the synagogues. If I find anybody that is following these apostles, anybody that is preaching this, anybody that is following this, whether they are men or women, I'm gonna bring them bound to Jerusalem and they were gonna kill them. They were gonna torture them. Amen. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly there shined about him a light from heaven. There it is. And he fell to the earth and he heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, arise and go into the city and it shall be told thee what thou must do and if you know your Bible you know that when he went amen God was working on Saul but God was also working on one of his men as well he said I need you to go down there and I need you to lay hands on this man wait a minute now wait a minute now Lord you know this guy I mean he's got several notches in his belt this guy is a murderer he will murder us in no uncertain terms he said but I have been talking to him and he knows that you're coming amen God God is working on both sides of this equation. Amen. If God is going to shine revelation in the heart of an absolute raw sinner, then I pray God help us as a child of God, as born again, Holy Ghost claiming people, amen, that the light of revelation and his voice can speak in our life and we will not just hear it, roll over and go back to bed, but we'll hear the voice of God and say, nevertheless, at thy word, amen, I don't see it, I don't understand it, I don't know how it could ever be, I don't know, Lord, I'm taking my life in my own hand, but Lord, if you said it, I'm gonna go and the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost begin to move and Paul, amen, Saul became Paul and you know the rest of the story. Revelation. Revelation. Now I know it has been said many times and I, I, I say this with great deference to every tool. I say this with great deference to, uh, to our, certainly our heritage. But Saul did not get this revelation handed down to him generationally. This was not something he got at VBS as a child. This wasn't just, this wasn't nurtured in Sunday school. This wasn't something that even began to develop a little bit more while he was in a part of the youth group. And then after a while into adulthood, he just kept hearing it. And after it was just so settled in his heart that this is the way that I've got to walk. This was an instantaneous revelation. So powerful, so strong. So convincing that it caused him later in Galatians to pen these words. Though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Amen. And, and as we said before, so say I now again. Amen. Paul was so convinced, he said, let me say this again. 
Amen. I know I have your attention. I know I kind of blew your mind when I said, though we are an angel from heaven, come preaching any other gospel, let him be a curse. But while your mind is blown, while you're still shattered in your thinking, I'm going to say it one more time. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that you have received, let him be accursed. Amen. What brought about this kind of, what brought about that kind of stance was the experience initially that he had. I'm going to tell you today, Amen. That there are men and women among us who would not deem themselves to be Bible scholars. They would not, they would do not have in their resume that they have taught somewhere at a seminary or in some Bible college. But I'm going to tell you that they know that Jesus is God. Amen, they understand that. It's not just something in their heart. Amen, that's not just something that makes them feel warm and fuzzy, but in their mind, they can take you to the scriptures and they can unfold it and they can show you one by one by one by one by one. Amen, you know how that came? Because God reached down and lifted them up and the Lord opened their mind. And I'm not just talking about opening it like a sardine can and pouring it in there. Paul said to Timothy, you need to study to show yourself approved. But I believe if we'll make ourselves available to this book, this book will make itself available to us. Amen. If we'll open it, it'll open us. If we'll pour into it, it'll pour into us. Praise God. Amen. You you ever want to be challenged? I think this would be all right to say this. Amen. You ever want to just really be challenged? Just spend a little time with Brother Wayne Davis. I'm being very serious. I'm not here to embarrass you, Brother Davis, but I've always admired your walk with God and your grasp of the word of God. He's never asked one time for this microphone. By his own admission, by his own admission, his wife's prayers, his wife's prayers. She went to church. I'm, not, I'm all right here, ain't I? She went to church a long time by herself. Amen. She on her knees praying, believing God to touch him. Amen. He came into the church and he didn't just start attending. He didn't just get his name on the roll. Amen. But somewhere along the line, it appears to me, somewhere along the line, he opened his heart to God and that word began to flow through him. Amen. I've enjoyed our conversations. I, and Brother Jerry has mentioned this many times before. Amen. On the van, just going to the, to the nursing homes, on the van, just riding Brother Davis on the, on the van, coming home. I'm really putting you on the spot here, building up your ministry here. <laughs> Amen. On the van, coming home home or going to men's conference. There's going to be something about the word of God that's just flowing through him. Amen. Where did that come? Where did that come from? I'm going to tell you, I believe it comes from a consecrated life. I believe it comes from dedication. I believe it comes from prayer. I believe it comes from the study of the word of God. But when you make yourself available to the word, that word will make itself available to you and the light of revelation can shine in our heart. Amen. These people that were uh, in scripture that I just mentioned here today, just sliced out a few for this service for your consideration. They were touched by a revelation that was beyond their wildest imagination. And I believe that we ought to pray. And this is my plea today. I am not suggesting this. I'm not recommending this. I'm, I'm pleading with this congregation today to join me in prayer and ask God to shine the light of revelation more brightly than it has ever been shown before. Because people do not just need to be introduced to the church of the God, but they need to be introduced to the God of the church. Amen. I'm thankful that people enjoy your friendly 
nature and our friendly nature. I'm thankful that people feel peace when they walk into the church. I'm thankful that people feel all the things that they have testified to us that they have felt. But I'm gonna tell you, it don't need to end with just people being kind. It doesn't need to just end with somebody being friendly. It doesn't just need to end with somebody feeling peace, but there needs to be a soul stirring. Amen, something that happens in their heart that says, you know what? Amen, God is dealing with me. And even if that revelation doesn't come during one of our corporate services, I believe that in the middle of the night, I believe while they're sitting in their den, I believe while they're asleep in their room that the Spirit of God can stir them. Amen. Hey, if he came to people in the Old Testament, he'll come to us. If he came to people in the New Testament, he'll come to us. Can I tell you what? If he came to that little boy a few Saturday nights ago, amen, he will come to you and I. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. We need to avail ourselves to that. Amen. I I don't ever want to drift away from the journey of discipleship. I understand its importance to help solidify and ground, but we need a revelation of who Jesus is. And I feel compelled to say, and let me reach to some first or second or even third generation apostolics. You need a revelation. If you get a revelation about who Jesus is, if you get a revelation of the mighty God in Christ, you get a revelation about baptism, if you get a revelation about separation from the world, you'll stop questioning all this stuff. It won't be a debate. It won't be a challenge. It won't be show me book, chapter, and verse. Amen, because it's gonna be in your heart. God spoke that into your heart. Amen, personal convictions. I, 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 I've never had this conversation with Everett Bird, but I know because I know because I know that that man has some personal convictions and that didn't come from Jack Bird and that didn't come from Patricia Bird and that didn't come from Carl Tumman, didn't come from Larry Newburn, didn't come from Steve Boyd. Amen, that came because the Lord visited his heart and said, you don't need to touch that. You don't need to go there. You don't need to do this. You don't need to do that. Amen, I'm not talking about a long laundry list of apostolic do's and don'ts. I'm talking about righteousness. Amen. I'm talking about righteousness in our heart. I'm not going there if the preacher never mentions it. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to do that if it's never taught about in a in a in a in a in, in, a, in an outline or in a manuscript. I'm not ever going there because the Lord spoke to my heart. And I feel compelled to tell you that whatever your personal convictions are, don't use them for a ball bat to beat everybody else up. Amen. Amen. You were given the privilege to grow, so let others grow. I was given the privilege to make mistakes. I'm going to get others have the privilege to make a few mistakes. Amen. Everybody needs a little room to grow. Everybody needs a little room to grow. Amen. Praise God. Well, I just came out. (laughs) We'll just leave it there. Amen. We need people that have a revelation for this. A revelation for this. Not not somebody won an argument. Not one person on one side of the table was finally able to whip out a few more scriptures than the other person. I know... Debates years ago was a big thing 
and I, perhaps they had their place. I'm not, I'm not going to speak against that. But I believe that far more good can come out of a moment of revelation than a hustle-tussle debate. Let the Lord shine in our heart. We can't have, we can't afford to have the church try to be the ultimate influencer. I believe that the church must be an influencer, but the church can't be the ultimate influencer because we need God's spirit to validate. I believe that preaching ought to follow demonstration or ought to be followed by demonstration. Of, of some sort. I'm not talking about necessarily at the end of every service, but there should be some demonstration from what just took place. Amen. But there's nothing wrong with demonstration in that given service. We need to pray for the Holy Spirit to be the influencer and then allow the ministries of the church to validate what people feel in their spirit. Somebody says, man, I just feel like I should no longer do that. And then, then, that's a grand opportunity to say, well, let me show you something in Scripture. This will support what you're feeling. This will, this will support what you're feeling in your heart. The reason you're feeling this way is because the Lord wants us to be more like this. And so what begins in the Spirit must be sustained in the Spirit. Galatians 3 and 1, the Bible says, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you? That's a strong word. Who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you? This only would I learn of you, received by the spirit of the works of the law, or hear him of faith. He said, are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit, and ye are not? And ye are, are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? You see, what God begins in the spirit has to be sustained by the spirit. And so we can't just start off in the spirit and just think we can just prop ourselves up with enough works of the flesh that will help us endure to the end. We, we need to be born in the, in the spirit and we need to live in the spirit. We have to walk with him at all cost. We leave houses and lands and we see that all in scripture of people who walked away. Now don't, don't let your mind drift too far. I'm not talking about anything that's outside of the context of scripture. But the Bible says in, in Genesis 11 that the Lord called Abraham out of Ur of Chaldees, and I've preached about this so many times through the years, and how he called him out initially in, in Genesis 11, and how they got in the latter portion of Genesis 11, they got all the way to a place called Haran, and they dwelt there. They dwelt there because in Haran, there were well-watered plains. In Haran, there, were, there, were, there was enough, uh, enough there to sustain their cattle, and so Abram's father influenced the decision to stay there in Haran. Let's just stop right here. Even though the Lord was, was calling them to the land of promise, he was calling them to Canaan. And the Bible says in the latter portion of Genesis 11 that Haran died. Abram's father died there in Haran and was buried. 
And then you start reading in Genesis 12, and I believe it is verse 7, where the Bible says that the Lord spoke again into Abraham and said, get up, leave your kindred, leave your family, and walk and come on to the land of promise. And so my illustration through the years is this, that Abram had to go to a place where he could bury his flesh. Amen. He had to first bury, his father was his only connection to this world, the flesh. And so when Abram got to a place where he could bury his flesh, then and only then could he step into the promises of what God was wanting him to have. And so I believe today that the Spirit of God would speak to us as a church. Amen. And, and we are we are on a journey. We are pressing in an endeavor. We're not praying for something to do. We're not just 30-30, this sounds cool, let's do that. No, we're leaning in and pressing. Amen. The spirit world, amen, of light pressing against the spirit world of darkness. And we're saying we need to march on. We need to walk on. Amen. I'm thankful for the well-watered place that we are, but this is not where God called us. Amen. I'm thankful that God has blessed us where we are here now in 2018, but can I tell you, we are not where God is calling us, and it's going to require burying some flesh. It's going to require letting some of us die out. It's going to require, amen, that voice, one historian that I read behind, amen, said in his elderly age, or in his, at his, in his age, Haran, the father, said, I'm not able to make this journey because there were several hundred miles of desert that was in front of them. And so he said, let's just stop here. I'm not able to make this journey. I'm looking at that desert sand. I know how hot and dry those days are gonna be. But look around, Abraham, let's just stay right here. Amen, doesn't that just sound like what we're hearing in our own spirit? Some of us know what it's gonna cost to take another step forward. But we look around and we think about all the tests and the trials and we think about maybe the hardships and then we, and we lose sight of the promise. We lose sight of what God is wanting to do and where he's wanting to take us. And so we just say, well, hey man, everything's going all right. Let's just camp out here. Let's just stay here. But I'm gonna tell you that if we stay here, we are not gonna be where God wants us to be and we will die short of what God is wanting to give us. And so I say, let's pull up these tent stakes. Hey man, let's dig a few graves, bury a little flesh if that's what we gotta bury and let's walk away into the promise of God. I don't know what the final parting with Zebedee the father looked like. I have no idea what that final parting looked like. I, I don't know if it kind of turned into a free-for-all. Zebedee's saying, you're crazy following this stranger. I don't know if Zebedee was saying, you guys just, well, thanks a lot. Just going to leave me to fish by myself now. You're going to leave me to carry on the business. I was going to let you inherit this. This is your future. And no doubt, because of the times and the vocation, it was their future. Well, thanks a lot, guys. Faithful have I been to you, and you're just going to walk away with a man you never even met till a moment ago. I don't know. May not have said a word. I may be reading all that into it. One thing we do know, they left him and walked with him. And I'm just going to tell you that in my walk with God, I've had to walk away from some very close people. Because I couldn't hold on to them and walk with him, not where he was carrying me. My Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost in what I'm talking. I feel what you were talking about, Brother Williams, this morning. I feel that. Amen. There's a holy, a holy pressing of the Spirit. 
Amen. I had to cut ties. I'm not talking about shunning them. I'm not talking about cutting them out of my life. I don't mean that. But you see, when Abraham and Isaac got to the bottom of the mountain, he said to those faithful people that had been with him up to this point, you stay here and hold the mule. I and the son and the lad are going to march on. Because there's some places that, and there are some people that cannot walk with you to your destiny. There'll be a naysayer. There'll be a hindrance in some way. And God knows that. Even when it doesn't make sense. Listen, I'm preaching through a bleeding heart this morning. I know what I'm talking about. Where the Lord just seems to extract people out of your life. And you go, wow. Wow, that kind of hurt. And I just have to trust God. He knows what my destiny is. Maybe they weren't a part of my destiny. And so... He knows what's best. So I've got to put my trust in him. Amen, amen, amen. I pray that God would help us today. In Jesus' name, can we stand? I just feel like we need to go into prayer. Amen. Lord, I love you today. There's more that I can say, but I believe God is done. Amen, I believe the Lord is done. Amen. Would we pray and let this house be a house of revelation? Let this house be a house of revelation. Let the power of the Holy Ghost touch us. Amen. Come on, let's lift our voices. and Amen. Let's be heard in this house today. Let's be heard in this house today. In the name of Jesus. 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 Shake halo moho shatala mahasataya. Ala moho shotolo moho siki ila la moho shatala mahasataya. Ile lo mo shandiero lo moho katada mahasataya. I se tele mehekete de meheseta. Sholo mo sondori lo lo moho katala mahasataya. Shele le le mehekete de mahasataya. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, in the name of Shatalo mo shekelo mo ho shatala mahasata. Ayaman yelo mo ho shatelo mo Let the power of the Holy Ghost shine in our heart today. Let the power of the Holy Ghost shine in our heart today, Lord. Let it shine in our heart today, God. Let it shine in our heart today, God. Let it shine in our heart today. Praise God. Please make an altar wherever you are or come to the altar. But I believe that everybody in this building, I certainly believe that every parent in this building ought to be on their knees, ought to be on their face. You ought to at least have your voice lifted because if God doesn't help you settle some things in your heart, you're never going to be able to influence your children when all of hell comes against them. Amen. Let's pray and ask God to help us today. They're not always going to be small. They're not always going to be impressionable. One day they're going to have their own opinion and their own questions. And if you don't have your own life standing on a firm foundation, if you don't know where you are, you're never going to be able to teach them and lead them. And so I say, God, let revelation shine in our heart. Amen. Not just revelation for the sinner, but God, let revelation for every child of God in this house. Let it be shining today, shining today, shining today. In the name of the Lord.
This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.